What's going on, people? This is the proper podcast. I am your host today, Johnny B. I've got the man Kaya with me. A little bit later on, we've got Lewis Hart from Boxing Social coming on. We're going to be talking about Chris Billum Smith, the Masternap. What did you think of the fight? Where does he go next? Is he going to be fighting React Poor? We're also going to talk about Haney Progray and a little bit of talk about Josh Taylor and Catterall and a few other things we'll surprise you with later. Uncle, he can't be here today, sorry to say. We miss you, bruv. Yeah, you're going to have to put up with us two melts, I'm afraid, for the next hour or so. But hopefully we can fill the void of uh, Uncle Proper. It's, it's, it's hard shoes to fill that, isn't it? But uh, we're going we're gonna to do the best we can, hopefully. Um, you know, just talk about everything that happened this weekend because we was going to film this on Sunday, John, weren't, weren't we? And then <laughs> I got a message from you and you're like, we can't, we can't fucking film it Sunday because the boxer got a show on Sunday. I'm like, oh yeah, of course. So then obviously we had the show last night. So here we are on a Monday and uh, just going to give you our thoughts on on all the boxing that's happened. Who's going to fight who next? Who we think should fight next? Do you want to go Chris? Do you want to go dive into Chris Billum Smith first and boxer? Go on, do you want to go first? Because I've got plenty to say about this. Unload your clip. Go for it, bruv. Well, listen, look, first things first. I don't hold it too long because I think this gets too much. This is the one voice, doesn't it? So I don't know what the judges was seeing there with that. You know, by the time the stoppage happened, one judge had it dead even. I can't believe that. That makes me feel like there's there's a bunch of skullduggery going on. First and foremost, you know what I mean with that. That was, and I think the other two judges had uh, had it. I think three rounds up for Masternak. I think it was, but I gave Billum Smith the first round. After that, nothing. Oh, there was even arguments for ten eight rounds for me for Masternak. It was that one sided. And um, yeah, I, look, I, I don't know if that's going to have a bit of a long lasting effect on Chris Billum Smith moving forward into the next fight. I've always said it in shows gone by as well. Like he, he always looks. Like he's blowing out of his ass and then he finds a second gear and he's blowing out of his ass again. He gets another third gear and he just keeps, that's how he fights. A super exciting fight. I love watching him fight. But that fight was going one way for me. It was. And there's arguments to say second half of the fight, he was going to start stepping on the gas and, and landing his shots and all that. But Masternax has never... So what, what, why didn't it go that way then? It didn't go... You saying it's going one way. Why didn't know. it go that way? Fucking weird. We What, not... What, nothing to do with the body shots, no? Nah? Oh, I don't know. He's ribbed. Do, look, is he's do, ribbed. do you want me to get a clip from oh, last week? Look. What I said yeah, last I know, week? I know, I know. I know you're going to fucking remind us of that anyway. You think, yeah. Well, you oh, can that. remind me. Right, right. Well, listen, Johnny B last week said that Chris <laughs> Billum Smith would win with a with a body shot. Actually, he said Chris Billiam Smith will win with a body body shot. So I don't know if that counts because he keeps fucking pronouncing his name wrong. <laughs> but... <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, look, it was a good call. It was a good call because the body shot came. It was, there were sickening body shots, whether a rib's broken or not. I know you saw that little bit popping out of the side of his fucking thing there. It looked like there was, you know, some breakage there. Then you looked at him in the pre-fight, in the face-off, and he's got that little bit sticking out there anyway. So I don't know mm. whether that's just part of his anatomy. I think, I think there, there, has, there was a, a rib injury in the past. So it's obviously resurfaced. I think there might have been a rib injury before. I heard Shane McGuigan uh, in an interview after, he said that he noticed in the weigh-in the marking around the rib, and then he told Chris Billum-Smith to target the area. So uh, I wasn't privy to that information. I just thought before, looking at uh, Masternet fight, he usually fights with his elbows quite high out when he sort of throws his punches and that. And I just thought Shane McGuigan loves a body shot, and I thought that might be a way he will finish it. But I'll take that, nonetheless. I'll take yeah, it. But, but John, as for come uh, on, man, like go on. 
a rib injury or no rib injury, that's he's thirty six years old, Masternak. He was bossing that fight, bossing it. No, he weren't, man. Well, you didn't give him every Nothing. round. Are you serious? No, no, I had him. I had him probably yeah, a couple of rounds up. Couple it's of a twelve rounds round up. fight. Fuck. It's a twelve round. Like, what, what, he no, didn't win I a round. Him Chris Billum Smith. He didn't win a fucking round. From the moment that the first round. Gone. Sorry. Gone. No, from the moment that for the moment the round started, right? Chris Billum Smith stepped his foot inside um, Masternak's stance, right, with intention, and just moved in. Boom! Started throwing punches. I just thought, right here we go. This is just going to be a slugfest. I think Chris Billum Smith just relies on his chin. Uh, relies on his conditioning, and he just knew he was just going to push the fight. That Masternak ain't fought for a year. The last fight that he had a year ago, he was blowing out his ass. The back, the back. I can't remember the guy he fought, but he was blowing out his ass. The back end of the fight. That was the tactics. They were going in there. They're going to get him down the straight. They say he's an older guy now. He fought Tony Bellew ten years ago, so I think that was the plan. It was only going to be from that moment, the round before the stoppage. The tables were turning. That was it. I think he was just going to stick the pressure Fuck on him there. Chris Billum, remember that? Who was that geezer? I got his name wrong as all. Zhong Pong or whatever his Zhang, name is. Zhou Zhang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zhang. He, he was getting clipped in that fight. If you remember, the first few rounds in that fight, he was getting clipped. I was like, bloody hell. And then he got him out of there. This is what Chris Billum Smith does. But I think he's a bit of a freak of nature in terms of uh, what did Riakpour called him uh, a counterfeit John Senna. Did you hear, did you hear that? <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. A counterfeit. And then uh, Chris Billard Smith called Reactpour a counterfeit Crystal Palace fan because apparently he's got pictures of Reactpour wearing a Millwall, Millwall shirt. Fucking hell. Oh, wow. A little bit of... But the thing is, if well, I'm jumping ahead now. We'll come back to that in a minute. But uh, yeah, so I thought he was going to get on top of the fight at the back end. That, that's what I thought. So Look, it's possible. It's yeah. possible. But Maslenek is renowned for his fucking gas tank. I know he's older. Uh, not anymore. I know, but nobody knows that. He didn't look like he was playing to me. He did the last fight. John, fight, at, the last oh, year so ago, the time he, of the stoppage, he didn't look like he was gassing to me. Oh, he did. No, he took a he few. He went bo- back. Bo- his mouth was wide open in the corner. Chris Billum Smith looked like he was about to fall over about eighty-four times in the whole fucking fight. He was walking st- forward in straight lines, eating big right hands, one after the he even. Did eat a lot. Even when it was in close yeah. quarters and the referee broke, he was getting caught on the way out. He was just getting caught with solid. Solid shots throughout yeah. the whole fight. If anyone looked fucked, it was Billum Smith. But you're right. He looks like that all the time. I've pointed this out in fights gone by. He does do that. And then he gets another win. And you think, where's this come from? So maybe you're right. It's the Joe Joyce effect, isn't it? It's a little bit like Joe Joyce. He just had no respect for his power, walking him down. I just, it was more, it wasn't just relying on like a one punch knockout. I think he was relying on his conditioning. I'm going to get to this guy. I'm going to break this guy down. Yeah, but that was the, just, John, that's the worst performance I've ever seen from Chris Billum Smith. It's not a great If he goes in there have. like that against Reactport, he gets knocked out in six rounds, within six rounds. If he comes walking forward, not a, no lateral movement, nothing, just just real sort of, just, just fundamentals weren't working at all, man. It was just, there was nothing behind the jab. It's like you said, it's like he was just walking forward, eating shots just to get in and try and get his own work off. But even when he got in close, he was getting beaten to the punch when he was close up as yeah. well. As well, so for yeah. me, it was a totally one-sided fight. I don't know. I don't know what Shane McGuigan was saying at the end of the fight. And you know, I could just what I'm. What I, I can't disagree with anything you're saying there. There was, I think, he might have had the first round, Chris Billum Smith, and then there was about four rounds back to back. Masternak won all of them, and he won them well. Some of the combinations he was throwing, it was like fours and mm. fives, wasn't it? Over like up and over the, that right hand over the miss, top John. of his jab. I couldn't miss. He was on the line. But as I'm watching it, I I got my I got my uh, not 
bet Fred, yeah, or bet three six five. I've got my app out. I thought, how much is the um, the knockout for Chris Billum Smith? I thought, oh, if I stick fifty pound on this, I thought I get hundred and fifty pound. I had my yeah. finger Did over it. it? So I thought he's going to eat. No, I didn't do it. I bottled it. I just bottled it in the end. I thought he. <clears throat> I, know, I thought he's going to walk him down and he's going to get to him in the back end of the fight. Because I could see, he was having to work every single second of the fight, that Masternak. So, um, and I thought just the age, ain't fought for a year. And even in that last fight, he did fight. He, he was fucked in the back end of the fight. But uh, look, he got the victory nonetheless. Yeah. He got oh, the victory nonetheless. What, um, so what, the stuff with uh, React Poor. So I thought that was quite funny about him saying he's seen React. He's got pictures of React Poor in a Millwall uh, shirt. If, if you, Chris Billum-Smith, we know you listen to the pod, son. Let's let's get these pictures out there on Twitter. Like you're out there to earn money. You want to build the fight, so let's get. I'm get sure them out they'll there. surface get at the some point. Out there. I'm sure they'll. It was quite respectful. React poor posted as well on his Twitter. I keep calling it Twitter. It's called X now. I fucking hate that name. I'll always call it Twitter. But he posted something quite respectful about Chris Billum Smith uh, as well. I don't want. I don't. I don't know if he wants like to be what? too disrespectful. And then Billum Smith goes, "You know what, I." He might not have a choice but to fight him. He's going to be mandatory, isn't he? Is the mandatory going to get called the yeah. WBO? So they're going to have to fight anyway. If he honestly, like at the moment, if he comes in any anything like that, then uh, he does. He gets put in a spliff, as Reactor says, <laughs> gets stuck in a spliff and smoked. <laughs> and I was quite disappointed with Billy Smith because I thought that, you know, I thought he was going to do a number on him. I thought he was the sharpest he's ever been. That's what George Grove said pre-fight, and. Um, I was really disappointed because he's one of my favourite fighters out there to watch. He's entertaining. He's really entertaining, but I just, uh, yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the game plan was there. I don't know. Uh, so it's like they didn't have a plan. Was that the plan B then? The plan B was to take as much punishment as possible and then take him into the later rounds. I don't know. Well, look, it was obvious. That, I think that I think that was the game plan. Just I could just tell by the way he set his stall out to begin with. It just he's going to make him work every second. But ideally, it should have been calculated pressure. Don't take too many on the way in and work, work you know, wear him down and get him in the back end of the fight. But he did, you what took too many punches, didn't, didn't get his head off the line, and it was almost like you could see like as he's thinking, what should I do next? He was getting caught. He was just getting beaten to the punch, basically, like what you said. But look, as for the show, as for the show, like. What did you think? Sunday night, Dan in Bournemouth. So, uh, Ben Whitaker. Oh, um, mate, let's talk about him. Gets a devastating knockout. It's gone viral. Sky Sports Boxing putting it out there. Has it gone viral? I'm going to just... Well... It was, I've, seen, I've seen it getting replayed loads of times on Twitter. I thought it might be... What, is viral, what does it mean to go viral in the millions? It didn't go viral. It was posted a lot on Twitter or X. But um, what I think about that is what George Groves said after. By the way, George Groves, fucking hell, he looks like he's had his Christmas yeah, already, did not he? Bless him. Size, he looks like a rugby Listen, player. Listen, mate, if I was a fighter my whole life, I'd, I'd end up like that as well. You're like that now you come. <laughs> 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 I walked into that one, didn't I? Fucking hell. Oh, <laughs> uh, mate. Yeah, no, but fucking, yeah. Are you going on about what he, what he said after about Ben Whitaker? It was on the money. Go on, I'll let you say it. Go on. He Go went, on. Um, He went. it's the same as me taking my son out in the garden and playing football with him and nutmegging him and feeling all proud about it. And, and he's yeah, bang on exactly. the money, mate. Like, someone needs to pull him aside. And you know what? I don't even want to talk about his boxing ability right now because we all know he's a good fighter. But to humiliate people that are not as good as you in any walk of life, I don't care if you're playing pool, football, snooker, rugby, you know, it just shows a real lack of class. And there, there is a, there is a, uh, there's an art to it. There's an art to be arrogant. There's a way to do it. 
Prince Nassim Hamed mastered it. A lot of people hated him, but a lot of people loved him. And I'm not sure. I mean, I'd have to go back and watch some of his early fights, Naz, right? Did he humiliate Probably, a yeah. lot of people, like, you know, a lot of journeymen, a lot of people that he beat easily? Did he humiliate those? Maybe he did. Maybe he did. But I don't know if he did it in the same way. It's just, do you know, do you, know you get that in like a group of mates or whatever? One's a bit arrogant and it's just, he just doesn't pull it off well. He just comes across like a dick. So what, you're not a fan then? What are you saying? He don't, he's not pulling it's just it like off the arrogance. That whole arrogant trash talking and you're just not doing it right. I think it's the timing. I think it's the facial expressions. I think it's the coming out with ballerinas on your fifth fight. I mean, it's too much. Ballerina ninjas. You've got a fucking ballerina and geezer playing a classical piano. It's great if you're going for a fucking belt, but you're coming out against the bum. Sorry, he's a, I call it a bum. That's a bit disrespectful, but in, no, re- in no relation buddy. to no him, it's him. a journeyman, yeah. right? It's, it's his yeah. fifth fight, even though it was over eight, eight rounds and he should comfortably beat this guy. I just, I just think it shows a real lack of taste. And I, you know what? And a ref did, ref did something really, really good as well. I think it was in the fifth round. You know, he knew he hurt the guy, and he just wanted to humiliate him in front of all of his friends, his family, and you know, people watching ringside. And I thought, you know what, mate? You ain't got to be a, a mug about it. You don't. You don't. We know you're a great fighter. His box skill set is fantastic. You know, and mm. he's he's crossed that into the line of. Everyone wants to see him get knocked out. Not where Naz was, where half did, half didn't. Everyone I speak to now wants to see him get flattened quick just to shut him up. And that's not a good place to be. Maybe in his... No, it is. No, but you're saying that, John. Maybe in his mind it is. Well, people want to watch me. They'll pay to watch me regardless. All that bullshit. I don't don't know, man. When you've done and said and done in your career, surely, surely you want to be remembered with, you know, some sort of positive outlook. Like O'Hara Davies started doing what he did. No, but he, he, O'Hara he went Davis down was... a wrong, wrong road. He insulted the whole of Liverpool, called him seven pound an hour. No, but he ain't doing that. Ben Whitaker was ain't yeah, doing that. Yeah, but he's humiliating people that he's leaving. That's just in a boxing ring. I, I, I just don't That's like just it. In a boxing I don't ring. like it. I know. I think there's a way right. to do, do I, it. What, what you said, I, I agree. What you said is that when you're coming out to like whatever ballerinas, the, I thought that was really good to be honest. Did you? But I wasn't interested. No, I thought it was good. No, because it's different. I, I, I love boxing and I want to be entertained and I want I want to give a fuck about someone, whether they win or lose, I want them to move some sort of needle in me that makes me interested, right? But So all of that stuff is great, right? It's different. And just coming out to some shit, shit song with it's like one white t-shirt or something like that. But... It's like you're not fighting anyone. You're not fighting anyone of note. So it's like, to me, it's just like, bore me later. Come back to me when you've got yeah. someone you're actually going to yeah. fight. But this is the model, isn't it? It's like, you've got to build these guys' profile on the way up. But something I'll say here, I, like, again, a little bit deep, but I think the British Boxing Board of Control, boxer, Ben Shalom, Ben Whitaker, his manager, like, there needs to be some sort of safety here for your opponents. So I think if you're that much better than another opponent, like that knockout, brutal. go and watch that brutal. knockout. In sl- it's fucking Sickening, brutal. Right? His head bounces off the canvas. Now, for me, there's an elf and safety thing at play here. It's just like you're levels above. And th- this is not a small guy. It's a big guy. It's a light heavyweight. Big bombs. So for me... I, like all those, I love it. I love all those tricks and flicks. You got the uh, the anime. He likes with the the, the the Japanese stuff. It's all different. I like it. I, he likes um, uh, it's his favorite fighter, um, Hitman Hearn. So he sort of comes out. He dresses. Got he, he stuff that he wears sometimes. I, I I don't mind all that, but I'm just. It's do you know what it is? It's like because a boxer at the moment, where I feel like there's not a massive headline, <clears> and then he's got these stars that are underneath that are fighting 
people that they're expected to win and it's just a one-sided fight, I don't I think that model's dead. If you look at like Matchroom, like look at their card on Saturday night, Hi- Haney Pro Grey, Montana Love, Liam uh, Paro, that Ebony Bridges against that Yoshida, they were all good fight. Like there was all sort of tough 50-50 fights. Mm. You weren't sure at the start, like how's this gonna go? We see Frank Warren do it with a magnificent seven towards the end of the year. The UFC do it. I feel like it's things moving in that direction now. The PBC card the other day, their last card on Showtime was fucking brilliant. So, but yet Ben Shalom, is he is he stuck stuck here? Like where you got a headline that's not a massive fight, then underneath they're all odds on. You know exactly what's going to happen and who's going to win. So I'm sitting there watching it and I'm just like, oh, I don't know, man. I think this model's done. I really no, do. You're probably right. And you know what's a good example to back up everything you said there? Look, Look what Eddie Hearn did with Andy Cruz. And that Andy Cruz is an exception to the rule because there ain't many fighters have ever been like him. I will talk about him in a minute when I get my Corey out and start talking about him. But um, he's, he's just come out of the world, come out of the amateurs. Ben Whitaker, decorated amateur, Olympic silver medalist. Look who they've given Andy Cruz on his second fight, Giovanni Straffon, right? Good quality yeah. operator. That's had some half-decent yeah. victories. Look who they've given Ben Whitaker just to keep... And plus also as well... They're giving him all that money to do that walkout. That's not coming out of Ben Whitaker's pocket. That's coming out of Ben Shalom's budget, I'd imagine, to fucking spend on the ballerinas or that. So they're really investing in him. All they've got to do is tell him, look, the showboating's fine the first, second, and maybe third round. You got someone hurt. You got someone hurt. Don't forget that fucking fella's got his family watching, right? You got someone hurt and you're pummeling him. Show a bit of fucking respect, right? Don't fucking mug people off. Because I don't know that there's too many people out there that do that. Even even the, you know, the flashier fighters over the years. I think once they've got you, they'll get you and they'll finish you off. And then that'll be it. And then they'll shake mm. hands at the end. I don't mind the showboating at the beginning. Even at the beginning, it's all a bit, as I said earlier on in this this whole conversation with Ben Whitaker, it's like some people have the knack of being able to pull it off. Some people can be arrogant and be cheeky and funny. You know, you get the arrogant fella. I was trying to make a comparison to like when fellas go out and you're chatting birds up and all that. Like there's one arrogant one out of the bunch. Normally he'll get he'll get the girls if he's cheeky and funny to go along with it, right? But if he's arrogant and comes across like a fucking bit of a creep, he ain't getting that girl because the girl will just go whatever. And I think Ben, See, I ain't ben, seen ben that ben as much as gone over to ben. that side where it's cringe. It's just gone way too cringe. What? Because of in the ring? No, it's the it's it's everything. It's the whole everything. package. The ballerinas. It's too cringe. Like it's not. I'm not looking at it and going, oh, this is great. I'm looking at it going, fucking hell, mate. Like it's your fifth fight. Like, get a grip here. Someone just get him to get a grip. I know you're desperate for viewing figures and you're desperate to build this guy, but you're doing it in the wrong way. I'm sorry because, yeah, he fights anyone of any note. So you, you, what you're saying then, what you're saying, come out in your nice, you know, it man earned robe and all that or with your anime stuff and that, and then come out, do your walk, go in there, be a bit flashy like Naz, get, get the knockout, get the win, move on. Once yes. you get to 12, 13 fights and you start stepping up there. He ain't the, doing the, that the, against the, the proper fighter. fighter. You think he's doing that against a proper fighter? That screams bully to me. You think he's going to do that? What is he, a light heavyweight? You think he's doing that against Lyndon Arthur? You think he's doing that against Anthony Yard or anyone like that? Let him shoot that, do that against Dan Aziz. He'll get sent over the top rope. Do you think that he beats Lyndon Arthur right now? No, I don't. Think he beats Lyndon Arthur right now? No. I think that's a tough fight. I think that's a tough fight. And even if I did, I don't want to say game. it because it's like 
this is what I'm saying. This is the emotions he, invo- he invokes in people. I don't like it. As I say, I'm all for the flashy stuff, but when it comes to being respectful, this is a fucking mano el mano warrior sport. You got to show a level of respect at the right time. Just yeah, just you know, dial down the cringe dial, man, a little bit. Fucking hell, please. Please, sorry, I went off with yeah, a bit well, of a rant there, but I just I yeah. Don't build well, up look, and, well, this is the thing, mate. Look, at the end of the day, this proves what he is doing. It, it does work because he's moved. Like people give a fuck about him. There's so many fighters out there where people don't care if they win, people don't care if they lose, and that is where this this sport cannot be. You've you've got to move the needle. You've got you got to, you know you got to want to watch people win or lose. But yeah, I just think like with Ben Shalom at the moment, he's getting a lot of stick, and I feel that. Do you know what I feel about him? I, feel, I was thinking the other day, I was thinking, what is going on over there with Ben Shalom? Like, why? Everyone's on his back, it, it seems like, right? But do you know what I think it is? I feel like the old way of doing things, this is like for football, Sky Sports, and just for everything. It's like, it, it went a little bit corporate. It went a little bit safe. Like, you couldn't say this. There was big sponsors involved. And everyone's hands were tied with what they can and what they can't say. But that seemed to be like, the 90s or the early noughties. And then all of a sudden, like with YouTube and like, there seems to be more stuff that's behind the scenes. And then all of a sudden people could speak a little bit more freely. Like you see with football, your Gary Neville, your Carragher's, your Roy Keynes, they have their little things. And it's a little bit free and easy. Do you know what I mean? You see your Rio Ferdinand, like even on, I know I'm talking about football, but it's just, it's an example because it's a part of Sky Sports. And then you look at like Eddie Hearn, he comes on the scene like, he says what he wants to say, you know, he calls his arguments, fights, he swears, and like, obviously not on, when he was on Sky Sports, but on his YouTube videos, he'll swear, Frank Warren, shoulder rolling, brick top, and it's almost like Ben Shalom's popped up on the scene, it's like, you're, you're carrying on like you're in the 90s, bruv, like, mm. things have changed, like, you mm. need to be more outspoken, like, who's the, who is Ben Shalom? What's your character? What's your personality? Stop trying to be too polished. Mm. Have an argument with Eddie Earn. Have an argument with Frank Warren. Because you know what? I think you are in the background. I feel like you're slating Eddie Earn in the background. I, and that, that's my opinion. I'll take that to the grave with me. Mm. I think in the background, you're slating Warren. You're, but then you come on Talk Sport and you're, oh, you know, like we don't want to do things like those guys. We're different. Like we're here to make fights. People can see through that shit, Ben. Just be real, bruv. This is the age of being real. This is the content that people want to digest. This is why people come to podcasts like this, because we just, we don't have to agree with what I'm saying, but it's just, this is facts. I'm just talking my truth. And I don't think Ben Shalom is talking his truth. So on top of that, I think that's the problem with him at the moment. And then I think he's had a bit of bad luck with a few fights falling through, but he's not got enough superstars and he's bought too many Olympians that he's trying to give easy fights every time he's got a show on and everyone's seeing through that now. And I think that model is going to change. I think it has to change because you could hear a pin drop mm, in Bournemouth. Yeah, We're going to have Lewis Hart in, in, in a minute. So he, he, he can, this is what I could see going through the TV, but he, he might be able to um, uh, add to this. But I feel like you could hear a pin drop yeah, until Chris Billum Smith come on at the very end. It was quite Lee Cutler quiet. when he fought. He fought for the English title. It's quiet in there. Good fight that was, by yeah. the way. If you go through the card, I mean, it was, it was an okay card in terms of it was what it was. Um, but look, just touching on the Ben thing, I think some people are just made for a specific role and some people are not. No doubt he's a nice fella. He looks like he's got the world on his shoulders at the minute as well with, you know, as you say, fights falling through. He hasn't helped himself as well by pulling fighters out of fucking purse bids and things like that just from fear of losing the fight and it ended up on another platform or fear of the fighter losing the fight itself. 
So he's not helped himself there. It just feels, seems like he's clinging on, just clinging on with his nails at what's going on over there at box. And maybe I'm wrong, but just that's what it seems like to me. And when, when someone stuck a camera in his face at the end of the fight, he just mumbled his words a little bit. And I look, yeah, I listen to Frank and you listen to Eddie and they're just smooth, man. When someone sticks a camera in their face, they just know what to say, when to say it straight off the bat. And I just feel like he, he looks like he's under pressure. And my heart went out to him a little bit there because yeah, maybe he's just a bit out of well. his depth here. Maybe that's it's what it is. It's just too corporate because sometimes when you're trying to, if like, if you're, you're really thinking about what to say and you're worried about people judging you, this, that and the other, it always comes out shit. You just got to speak yeah. from the heart, yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. worry about it. I reckon he's on thin ice anyway. Like, to be honest, like with some of the decision making that he's made with some of these fighters on these five, whatever, fight deals and that, these Olympic, like, I reckon he's on thin ice anyway. So, so I'll just go out fighting. Just be your fucking self. And do you know what? People will watch your videos. And when they watch your videos, because there's going to be a little bit of commotion, a bit of controversy, then guess what? You can start saying, oh, I've got this fighter out this weekend, that fighter, he's doing well. Then you start dropping the names of your fighters. Mm. Then you start building their profiles. Because at the minute, I don't think that many people give a because fuck. Because they've got, he's got to build his own profile within the game. That something got him to this position. You know, when he was doing the, you know, the Ram Robert, the, the price fighter things, that's, that's how they started. Yeah, they, boxer? yeah. But something got him to get to, you know, obviously to build Boxer to that point and then get him this deal with Sky Sports. You know, they, they obviously saw something in him, but yeah. where, where was that Ben Shalom even, even, that sat at that table during the Joe Parker, Joe Cho- uh, uh, Joe Joyce fight? Yeah. He's stirring the pot get a little bit, back. Sam Jones style. Yeah. I'm thinking if they ever get yeah. rid of Ben Shalom, Sam Jones is the perfect replacement for me, right? To get that And deal. the thing is, the choir... There's, there's other people, yeah. And then there's people out there that could fill that void. Right, he's already the in the game. He's already got fighters signed up. It's the perfect replacement. And he would sell the ass out of a fight. Like his job, Ben's got to understand, your job as a promoter is to sell me that shit. And people that don't have subscriptions, you need to sell it to those people because people have come across those videos on YouTube or whatever. Your job is to sell. Yeah. You're a salesman. Yeah. And your job is not yeah. to, to, to just hand over information. I can get that anyway by just going on yeah. Google. you got to fucking get my juices flowing, bruv, for a fight, for a yeah. fight night. Not just fucking tell me. Sell it to me. Yeah. Especially when you've got a product. And this is the, you know, when you're struggling and you haven't got the fighters yet because you're quite new in the game. And this is where he's going wrong. And, you know, my heart goes out to him. I ain't going to lie. And this is, the f- this is the thing as well. It's like, and when it comes to fighters, you can't expect all fighters to have this amazing personality like Prince Nazim because... If you're going to be good at your craft, a lot of the time it means you've got to spend 24 hours in the gym seven days a week. So you ain't going to build much character if you're sitting there punching a punch bag every day of your life. Yeah, that's why you sometimes get a lot of boring, elite... uh, uh, Pete Sampras, when we talk about tennis, he was like yeah, that. Yeah. Andy Murray. <laughs> I'm going back to my tennis analogies. <laughs> oh, mate, oh, I'm still kicking myself yeah. over that. But, um, but yeah, so you're not always going to get fighters that have got that personality. And that's why the promote, like Dalton Smith, he was out there um, with, with Haney and Progray, with Eddie Earn. Eddie Earn, he's, he's around Eddie Earn. Eddie Earn was talking to Bill Haney. Yeah, we've got uh, Dalton Smith. That could be a possibility of a fight with him and Haney. Then Bill Smith's talking to... Uh, um, Dalton Smith, like you just, this is it. But I don't know. I don't know, man. And yes, we've got the man, the Gillingham fan, the man, Lewis Hart from Boxing Social. How you doing, bruv? All good. All good, boys. Uh, yeah, it couldn't be any better to be catching up with you once again. So, yeah. It's been a while, isn't it? Yeah, it has been. It has been. It's been too long. It's your, been too long. Your career's gone long. on to fucking... 
Loads of strengths in it. Oh, just, you're flying at the moment, mate. I'm trying. I'm trying. As as I always say, if it weren't for you boys, I'd be nowhere. So you yeah, know. you were just you was destined, mate. You was destined. Anyone who don't know, um, Lewis. Yeah, we, we when we did Love Boxing TV, Lewis uh, contacted us. I think he was in university at the time when he was yeah. doing some sort of studying. And um, yeah, we sent him down. I think the, the, the turning point was when we sent you down to that mis- Misfit show. And then we did that KSI video and uh, you managed to get in the huddle mm-hmm. and he literally like barged his way yeah. through and I thought, fuck, fuck that. I ain't fucking just standing here, man. Stuck the camera under in the face of KSI and that video got 150,000 views, mate. And then Boxing Social called and uh, yeah, mate, you, you answered the call and there you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we've spoken a lot about uh, Chris Billum Smith and uh, Masternak, but uh, just just touch on it and just give us your quick thoughts because you was there, wasn't you, in Bournemouth? Um, so yeah, just give, just touch on it, and then uh, then we're going to go into the Matchroom Card Haney program. What we thought of that? So yeah, was it a good event? What was the crowd like? It's a, like like it's. I, I was at the Vitality in May when Billum Smith beat a Coley, and that atmosphere was incredible. Um, you know, you have fifteen, sixteen thousand Bournemouth fans all going crazy for Chris Billum Smith. I weren't too sure, but it was going to be like at the International Centre. That almost holds like a quarter of the amount of people there that were at the Vitality, but the, the noise was almost like you had you know, double the amount that was at the Vitality. It's like a bear pit in there. Oh, really? Um, everyone going absolutely crazy. Um, and it, I think it reflected on the fight. I thought it was, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a good fight, a real, real back and forth fight. If I'm being honest, uh, I was surprised at the stoppage. I was confused at the stoppage. Um, when it came to the point that Masternak didn't want to sort of come out of his corner after the eighth round. Um, and I, I'm sure he was in immense pain from the rib. Um, but, you know, when you look at it, when you're sort of at his age uh, and maybe a last shot of a world title um, and, you, and you're winning the fight, let's be honest, he wasn't yeah. winning the fight. Uh, I, I was shocked. I was shocked, but I don't know what, what sort of pain he was going through. Um, but as I said, I thought I thought Bidham Smith, you know, he knows himself that, that he wasn't particularly... Uh, it wasn't his best performance. It weren't great. It weren't sort of. Uh, I feel like he did struggle to get going a little bit there. Um, I thought he, he he was that he got better as the as the rounds went on. Um, he got better as the rounds went on, and Masternak was t- starting to tire a little bit towards the end of the rounds, uh, and obviously got the stoppage and, and said he sort of he felt he knew when he had him hurt when he when he landed the shot. Um, but I, you know, I think Masternak from that performance out there, I do think he causes quite a few problems for cruiserweights. I thought it was a, like, took a lot of people by surprise. And yeah, I think you look now, Billy Smith will fight Reactpool. I feel like Reactpool is sitting there ringside. Um, if he's basing it off that performance, I think he'd be quite confident. Yeah. yeah, it looked like, do you know what it is, right? Me and John said it before you come on. For, for, watching as a spectator at home, sounded like you could hear a pin drop in there before the main event. Main main event he livened up, but beforehand it sounded like there wasn't much atmosphere in there. I don't know, like what was it like? Yeah, it, I think it, it was decent. I think uh, when you had Lee Cutler yeah. on, uh, who was he was a home obviously yeah, yeah, a hometown yeah. hometown was form of same. I think no, the atmosphere there was good, but like it's hard. Like like being honest, like obviously if the predominantly Bournemouth fans are there, you're going to struggle to get behind people. Like you know, Whitaker's box office anyway. Whitaker's a great fighter. Like you're going to struggle to get behind your, your likes of Ben Whitaker, apart like when he's not from Bournemouth. Mostly there is to support the Bournemouth guys. So I can understand why it may have felt a little bit flat when you had like what when you had like Lauren, like Lauren Price fighting Ben Whitaker and this and that. But um, I thought the, the it, it sort of got better when you had the hometown guys on the card. I thought. 
Jury's out. We didn't speak about Lauren Price. That says it all, doesn't it? We completely skipped over her. But yeah, jury's out on that girl. Do you know what? She ain't lost a round. Do you know that? But you know when you hear that stat, I heard that the other day, she has not lost a round. But do you know what that says to me? Fucking put her in there against someone <laughs> that's good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put her in someone that's good. But uh, yeah, yeah. That, I think, look, I'm going to park it there, I think, on her. The fact we didn't mention her just speaks speaks volumes to me, man. But um, all right, should we go over to Haney? Haney v. Progray, all right? So, right. I've gone quiet. Good. Hey, the, hey, let's fight over to the Haney hater, all right? Are you a Haney lover now? Do, do, I do, thought was it was a masterclass. I thought it was a, one of his best performances. I will pick him up on a couple of things at the end after I give him a bit of praise, man. Look, what, look one thing you've got to say about Devin Haney is, I've said it as well in a couple of shows gone by, is if you make a comparison with him and someone like Shakur, even Tank to a certain degree, Tank's still got a better resume than Shakur. Haney's out there. He wants the biggest and best names and he's always calling them out. He does what he can to make the fight happen as well. He didn't have to fight Regis Progray. Obviously, he thought he was streets ahead, you know, better than him and that proved to be the case on on the night and in the fight as well. But I don't think you're really going to see him in boring fights, um, Devin Haney. I mean, who, who's he, he going to want to fight next? He's going to probably fight, no, is it Ryan Garcia next? I, it, every fight he has, is a name, right? It's a name, or it's, it's chasing a belt, or it's there's some there's something in the fight for him, or or, or 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 it's a small guy with short arms, like who? What Cambosis? Just like all these fighters, like they're always like I like Haney, but don't tell me after the sixth round you just didn't want to switch that off because you think to yourself it's just there's only one winner here. You got fucking Progray like a zombie following him around the ring. My only criticism was the bit of the corner in Bill Haney said, look. You know what you're doing. Don't don't go in there and try too hard. You know we're elite world level fighters. If this you win on points, something alluded to the fact just win on points. That's what I don't like. Fans don't want to see that shit. Fan wants fans want to see knockouts. And all he had to do was get Regis in a corner, unload four or five shots. Even if they landed or not, the ref was looking for any reason to stop that fight anyway. And he could have walked away with a stoppage. Now we're talking about a super impressive performance. But now you're talking about another points victory, right? Another points victory. A victory. But we don't want to see that. Look at Tank. Tank, on the other hand, he, he wants knockouts. That's what he wants. That's why he's box office. That's why he can uh, command uh, the pay-per-view numbers. That's why that fight weren't even on pay-per-view. Do you know what I mean? It's just fans want to see They knockout. want Tank. But Haney and Bill, Bill Haney and uh, Devin Haney, they're calling out Tank. And uh, But Tank don't want to know. And... Um, Tank's, Tank's new trainer, because I think Calvin Ford used to be his trainer, but his new trainer, uh, Boots Ennis, dad, whatever, Kenny Ennis, he's saying that he wants uh, Haney to fight Boots Ennis. And then Bill Haney's saying, oh, why are you putting boot, uh, boot us to fight Boots when we want to fight the Tank? But yet again, I'd love to see the Tank fight. I'd love to see that, Haney v Tank. Obviously, Tank's been up at 140 when he fought Barrios, but it's another small fighter. And I've said it a million times. No one is going to beat Haney that's smaller than him with short arms. I only really want to see Haney in there. Fucking yeah. hell, man. Yeah, if you look it's... at it. So, like, Lomachenko, he got, he got old, right? Unbelievable, right? Fire arc, he's got all the angles, but he's small and he's got a shorter reach. Uh, Cambosis, like, you go through them all. All of these fighters are always small, shorter reach. Um, who's, who's, who did I just miss there? Haney, who's his last fights? Lenares uh, ain't got Cambosis, small arms. Yeah, he is. Lenares is a smaller fighter and he's an older man. 
And then yeah, obviously John is fighting at a lower Short weight. You know he should be 140, 147, Haney. You should know, we all know that. So he just boils in, he's boiled himself down for years. He's naturally going to be taller and have longer limbs. That's... Yeah, but all I'm saying is that until he fights a bigger guy, there ain't going to be no jeopardy in the fight. So he's got to fight someone he's equal, size, height, reach, power, and then there's going to be he's more amazing, jeopardy. John. He is amazing. He's, am- he's an amazing six fighter. rounds, I could have just switched it off because I knew the end result. I, I, what, I find, what I do find interesting, though, um, is him moving up to 140 now. At 135, maybe it was the fact that he was a bit weight-drained. He, he wasn't really able to put like a dent in mm. a lot of guys, weren't really sort of getting a lot of knockouts. I thought a lot of times in that fight, he did hurt Progray, mm. obviously put him down. Um, I think sort of towards the 11th or 12th round, had him on, you know, had him really on skates. Um, and obviously you'd like to see him push, push the pace up, get the knockout. But maybe I feel like if he's fighting at a, a higher weight where he's not boiling himself down a little bit more, we might see, yeah. we, we maybe might see more aggressive. We aggressive look at Jordan, Jordan, look at Jordan Gill the week before, John. You ain't seen Jordan yeah. Gill hit that hard before. It, how it, how yeah. it works that way, mate. If you're boiling, if you're at the wrong weight, you lose your punch power. Everyone knows that. But why didn't he step on because, when he got progray hurt with that criticism. right hand? Why didn't he step on? He could on have it? had him out of there three huh? times in that fight, and he just didn't. He didn't. Shoot, he chose to not do it for whatever reason. But that's not. That's not what fans want to see. Fans want to see stoppages. So um, if I'm him, I, I start. I start stopping people. Lewis, what do you reckon? Uh, see, like I've always been a massive Haney fan, um, and as I said, like he he didn't drop a round against against an elite op- uh, against a good operator like Regis Progray who came up who where he came up in weight i know you're sort of talking about the smaller fighters don't get me wrong he is very very Haney is very big for for 135 140 um but i just think he he's skill wise there's not a lot of guys that can match him there no i know and i agree and i'm saying exactly the same to you but what i'm saying mm-hmm. is that that Regis Progray is the older fighter by about 10 years, right? So he's 34 yeah. years of age, Regis Progray. His last fight against Zorilla, he looked fucking awful. Terrible. Following this yeah. guy around the ring, he even got dropped in that fight. So you're thinking, I wonder what his punch resistance is like, right? So I'm sat, and even like the loss to Josh Taylor ain't aged well after Josh Taylor's loss to Catterall and Teofimo Lopez. So all I'm saying, I rate Regis Progray. I think he's a good fighter. And he's gone in there and he's done a number on him and he's done a masterclass. And I agree, it's, it's levels to this. But I just think we've got a guy here, we've got, you know, maybe a generational great. And I just want to see him fight someone that's his size. And, you know, yeah. I, I'd sign up for the tank fight, put that in Vegas, pay-per-view, take my money. But yet again, it's going to be a smaller fighter with smaller I'm arms. I want to see such a, a bigger... moany fucker, isn't you? Like, <laughs> there's no, there's no it, pleasing man. you, man. Like, look at his resume. Look at his resume. He's 24, 25 years of age. What, He's what? already undisputed yeah. in one weight class. Beating Lomachenko. I, I, I thought he lost the fight, but it was close. You know, he's now gone in there with Progray on his first fight, 140 pounds. Come on, man. Yeah. Fucking hell. I agree, Kai. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from him because you can only do what you like. Lomachenko's, he's that age and, and Haney's that age. You can't make Lomachenko younger. He's calling him out. He didn't even have to fight Lomachenko. So I, I give him all the flowers for that. Cambosis, it's not his fault. Cambosis is the undisputed and he's chasing Cambosis. He's like, he's done everything he had to do. And even going to fight Regis Progre. I even I mean, like the Jojo Diaz who, who victory. Did... Jojo Diaz is a brilliant fighter. I yeah. even like the Lenara's victory. I do. Small fight with oh, small oh, arms oh. again. You're bringing out these small fight. Fucking, I'm going to get one of the elves from my fucking shelf. In so, my so right, let me ask um, Lewis this then. Who, like, at the moment with that stacked division, I know Michael Benson tweeted today something about WBSS. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, who's the top three in that division? Top what, in, in, in super yeah, light? 140 pound division, yeah. 
so oh. would you put Haney at top I think my number one would probably be Tiafimo Lopez wow I think he'd be my number one it's hard not to put Tiafimo. him number one really Tiafimo number one yeah the way he boxed against Josh Taylor was brilliant and, just and the win over Loma yeah Loma. and beating Loma I'll probably have him number one probably Haney number two and my num- my number three would be um, Sabriel Matias. I think he is very, very people good. Are, people are saying, though, that he needs his gloves checked. I don't know about that, but we'll see. Oh, really? Yeah, no, because, he, because he's, you know, he's making people quit on his store and all that, but everyone's like, check the gloves. But I think we should um, I'll give him the benefit of that. I've had my eye on Matias for the for last couple of years, mate. He's a scary, scary fella. But then you know what? Don't you put a tank in there? Is the tank a bit small for 140? Who knows what the fucking weight he is? Uh, see, I, I, I think Tank could be... I think Tank Tank would give up a bit of size if he came to 140, I, I believe. He, he's not a 140 pounder. He's not 140. He, he's not. That's not his weight. He, he went up there, mm-hmm. didn't he, to, to, to grab, what was it, the regular WBA the regular belt? regular WBA belt, yeah. 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 That ain't his weight, but if he go, if the money's there, he'll go up and fight there. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, Wayne Garcia's yeah. floating around there as well. Mm. But uh, up, my, that that what because of the yeah, uh, the I tank think that was fight. Such a conclusive is, loss. Yeah, he, he's got a win. I would a big like fight. to see Haney v Ryan Garcia because to me now you got someone that's going to be equal to your size, equal to your reach, and you ain't faster than than Ryan Garcia. He might have a better style with the jab, the way he fights, the Mayweather, the in and out, sticking to a game plan. He's obviously got a much better defense than Ryan Garcia. Don't have his chin up in the air. He ain't been dropped like we've seen Ryan Garcia get dropped. He ain't quit like we've seen Ryan Garcia quit. However, I love Ryan Garcia, and I think you know you said it a couple of weeks ago. Fucking box office entertainment. Sign me up for the Ryan Garcia Haney fight. I'm all over it because there's jeopardy in that fight. You put a foot wrong or a glove wrong or a chin wrong with Ryan Garcia, you get your clocks clocked out, man. Clocks clocked clocks out. Clean. <laughs> clocks cleaned up. I'm going to throw something in uh, there that you may not agree with. I think Jack Cattrall beats Teofimo Lopez. Fuck off. It's a big shout. That's such a massive Jesus shout. Christ, man. This was going so Fucking well. Fucking hell, you lot got some... John, you got some short memory, man. See what he just done to Josh Taylor. Beat him a lot more convincingly than T.O. did. Battered him for eight... Won that fight by eight, eight, four, nine, three. Got robbed. You think Jack, Jack Cattrall Cattrall is an Fimo. excellent, excellent fighter. Great shot picker. Very slippery, awkward. Um, I'm telling you now, I think he has Teofimo and all sorts of... Uh, I think that's a puzzle that I don't know if Teofimo Lopez can can solve. You need to take the fight to Teofimo, and I think that's when he shines. Like them type of fighters, I'm not seeing him like you know. It's in his career, you haven't really seen him fight those type of fighters too much. You can't say Loma's one of those, um, but I feel like Jack Catchell is a very very difficult man to beat. But Look, top of the who needs him club because he doesn't sell it? tickets, and that's I think that's pretty yeah, much. That's the problem. That's that's the problem. Like he, that's why it's like it's, he he has to force himself into an opportunity. When it comes in, when he, he will be stuck in that who needs me club, where why would Tiafimo Lopez like line up to exactly. fight Jack Catterall when he can fight Devin Haney or, or Ryan Garcia or all the big names? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. But, but well, look, like this, this leads in perfectly because so, so Eddie Herman Matram, they sent an offer to Josh Taylor to fight Jack Catterall. Then obviously, Josh Taylor said uh, it's 80% less than what I got to fight him the last time or what I got to fight in my last fight. And then, uh, yeah, they had a Twitter beef going back and forth. I feel like the hate is real. I don't think the hate was mm-hmm. real before, but it feel, you probably know more, um, uh, Lewis, like interviewing them. But it feels like the hate is real now. Um, but that's the perfect fight. Uh, Sam Jones has been uh, 
chiming in, isn't he? Saying uh, like, like, there's a big difference. You've lost your belt. You're coming up. What did he? Lewis, you tell He's, us. What was? I, I think he was saying is you have to be realistic. Where you've lost your last two fights. Um, he was saying you know if you boxed Tiafimo in a arena that wasn't that wasn't full. And you haven't, like I said, it hasn't looked great in your last two fights. Oh, yeah. It um, wasn't pay-per-view. It weren't pay-per-view. And, uh, and it said in a, in a, in a not-sold-out Hulu theatre. What he was saying was you, he sort of... And he, and he couldn't... He didn't want to box Marku because he weren't getting enough... Uh, offered enough money. And he was... Sam was basically saying that Josh is trying to outprice himself. It's basically the sort of narrative Feels that like he it. might have. Yeah, Even that's the what... Yeah. had the undisputed fight against Ramirez. Yeah, the undisputed. This is a Brit. An undisputed fight against Ramirez. Remember, no one picked it up over here. No broadcast. That's who he met. He met. Sam mentioned that as TNT, well. He mentioned that Sky Sports. Yeah. No one picked it up over here. So maybe he's not the star that he thinks he is. Even though I think he should be. I, I think he's brilliant, Josh Taylor. So what you're saying there, like Josh deserves his flowers that he hasn't always got. People are, are talking a lot of the last his last two performances, which he knows that hasn't been great. Um, and but we we have to respect him. Do you know what I mean? Like. Undisputed champion, beat Pro Gray, um, beat so many great fighters, and beat O'Hara Davies, all these sort of names that I can list off from, from him. That he does deserve his flowers that he's not always really got. But this is the perfect fight because think about mm-hmm. it, right? If he goes and loses to another fighter, so he's lost to, so he lost to uh, Lopez, a mm-hmm. lot of people saying he lost to Catterall, right? But if he goes and fights someone else and loses, there's, where's else he going to go? But if he goes and fights Catterall and he loses to Catterall again, can't we say, like, do you know what? Styles make fight. That style for you, that southpaw, whatever, a bit of a negative style, that's that's not for you. And then you can come again. Isn't it the perfect fight? And if, but then again, what does he get out of beating Catterall? I suppose he wrongs the right. Yeah. A, they, yeah, that's a bit, it. I, I think he knows he doesn't beat Catterall. Like I think he knows. Just Sometimes the stars align that way and you just there's a fighter that you just can't beat because, as you say, stars make fights. And I think Jack Catterall's massively underrated as well. And I feel bad for him. I feel like we're, He's quality. Like we're talking about the 140-pound division. And like his name's starting to not be mentioned again, even though he should have had all those baits, belts wrapped around his waist. I feel like I feel a bit sick, sickened about it, to be honest with you. And the big thing about Catterall, and I, I hate it that it is this point, yeah? Every single interview Jack Catterall does, they're talking about Josh Taylor. And whenever you think of Jack Catterall, you fight, think of the Josh yeah. Taylor fight. Like This fight needs to be settled and the score needs to be settled because... Jack Catterall does not want to be known as the guy who pushed Taylor, who got robbed against yeah. Taylor. He wants to be known as the guy who is, you know, WBO super lightweight champion, WBA undisputed, undisputed champion, which he should have been. But mm. Jack mm. Catterall, almost his career can't be played off the fact of the Josh Taylor fight. He needs to, you know, but I, I, I do think the rematch needs to happen. And I think, as you were saying there, John, about why, what is in it for Josh, um, it's pride. It's pride. It's how much do you value your pride where no matter what, everyone always talks about Jack Catterall, whoever's going to say that, you know, he ducked Jack Catterall or he didn't want the rematch or he lost to him. How much do you want to prove those people wrong uh, and, and, and wrong and shut them up? And how much do you want to shut Sam Jones up? Because whatever mm. he percentage Sam's he's on, he's fucking rate. earning it, man. I love yeah. that geezer, man. Yeah. I swear to God, he's so good for boxing because you think he goes away a little bit then he'll come up and do an interview and he'll say some controversial shit. And this is what us boxing fans want. We want, it. We want the controversy. We want you know, the talking point so we can come on podcasts like this and have a chat about it. Do you know what I mean? As he's perfect for the sport. And look, duh, duh, if if Eddie Hearn wants this fight on the zone, it's not going to be pay-per-view. So maybe the way this fight happens is, is if Ben Shalom just fucking offers Jack a load of money 
and um, somehow this ends up on Sky Sports pay-per-view and that's how jo- Josh Taylor, you know, justifies taking the fight by taking a slice of the pay-per-view because they'll sell this fight. They'll sell it in the press conference, mm-hmm. the build-up, everything. If Sky just go all in, put this on pay-per-view because they ain't got any other pay-per-view fights to do. Let's be honest. William Smith react poor is that pay-per-view. Questionable, probably not. But I think that's the way to get Josh, coax Josh out of wherever he, wherever he is to take this fight is by... That's how he gets the money he wants because Eddie ain't going to give him what he wants for this fight. As you say, he's lost two fights in a row. Maybe that's uh, how, how it many, works. Uh, Maybe that's how uh, this fight happens. What's his contract like then? So is he, he's got a, he's with top rank, isn't he? So is he? So has he got one fight left with him? I believe that's true. I believe he's only got one more fight left on top. On his top rank so contract. that that could be a smart move then, Kaya. I mean, God knows how it works. But if Sky Sports as a broadcaster and Ben Shalom was to say like, all right, we'll we'll buy this fight. And we'll put this on our platform, and then somehow they could work with Josh Taylor after. And Eddie know, would let Jack do that. Eddie would let Jack do that. Ben won't, you know. It's not Ben. Sorry, Bob Arum. Is he going to let Josh go over there? Maybe he does. I don't know. Maybe he just wants to play out that last fight like he did with Terence Crawford and get Josh off the books somehow. Who knows? And something else on that card. So uh, I noticed that um, Ebony Bridges lost her world title. Oh, did you mate, see that? Yeah, I did watch that. Fuck yeah, no, no man. Do you know what? That was another fight after about four rounds. I thought, I've got to turn this really? off, man. <laughs> really? I won't. Uh, I just thought the level, just, it just, it was just like, break was fun. No, and then no. they just both, good watch. Just, Did you, obviously no, you was working. I know oh, you weren't working. That was on at silly o'clock. Did you watch it? What did you make of the Ebony Bridges performance? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't watch it live. I was, uh, I was in an unnamed club in Bournemouth. Uh, I won't, I won't, no, won't that was, say anything yeah, that was anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, but yeah, like I was, I was slightly surprised. Um, I was slightly surprised. But I think there's a lot of things that take into account. Uh, Bridges has been in some tough fights. Uh, <laughs> Only, fans. Fight. Yeah. <laughs> Only fans. Only fans. The old fight was a tough fight for her. Coming off the long layoff, um, I don't think there's no excuses though to lose to someone on short notice like yeah. that. Um, Ten days notice that girl had. She deserved to. She deserved to win the fight, man. But it's just, just the technique in that fight. Just uh, yeah, she's been hanging around with the Irish stout forge girls or whatever, fucking doing loads of OnlyFans and yeah, doing her bikini fucking poses and that, and uh, ain't been putting the work in the gym. You could see that. She left Mark Tibbs that. as I well. Just thought, terrible yeah. technique, shit stand of, of boxing, in my opinion. It was just like break. They both like go two foot apart and then they just walk into each other, head down, just swinging fucking haymakers. It didn't seem like no feints, nothing was being set up. There was no foot movement. Just looked like something down the Weatherspoons. Really. I will say but, this though. But, now this this is going to dispel any. This is going to quick. Just a quick digress of subjects, right? Beginning of the fight, the referee went. So blah 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 does his does his little speech. So that belt line is up here. So I will accept shots. On the belt line, the referee said it right, and you know all this stuff with Duke Dubois Usyk about if it hits the belt mm. line, it's below the fucking belt because that's there to you know as protection. So if you hit that belt, then it's a low blow. Bullshit. That referee at the beginning of the fight, and another referee did it on the same card. This belt is a bit higher, so I'll accept shots on the belt. It just goes to show. I, I, I know that Dubois should be world champion now. I know he won't 100%. let hundred percent. You've got to open that. <laughs> no, that proves the point that. because. All the matching no, boys. All, all the, say different all things, the matching boys. Different commissions. This, where was this? In all the matching boys going, it's hit the belt line. So obviously the belt line is to, is for protection. Barry Jones was saying it as well. It's there for protection. 
So if it hits the belt line, it's a low blow. No, no, it's not. Because we heard the referee say it in that fight. And we heard another referee say it in another fight. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. But yeah, in terms of it, he's the sort of guy, isn't it? He's, he's digging his missus out fucking two years later for burning the toast at a fucking Monday. <laughs> do you know what I mean? you got to let things go, bruv. you got to let things no, go, No, but I've never mate. heard That's the ref over. say that. He normally does it in the changing rooms before. He talks about the belt line and... What's low and what yeah, isn't I've, low. I've heard him say he that. said it just before. The, I don't really, I don't really get to hear it loud no, they, like that. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've heard him Word say it him. before. But look, let me let me just quickly say that about Emily Bridge. Like in terms of what was the fight when her eye was hanging out? Was that against um, Courtney. Shannon Courtney? Was it? Yeah, like she's a warrior. Like she's a fighter. She's got the spirit. You can see that. And like you know, in terms of a, a female fighter, she's got a bit of pop as well. I've seen her stop a few girls. So she's got that, and respect to her for that. You know, a lot of people wouldn't get in the ring and do what she does. But I think it's mad that she had her world title, and then she's off the back of it. She's probably earned millions. You know what I mean? All this OnlyFans, all this yeah. stuff that she's yeah. doing. But it's a perfect example. You know, when it's hard to get up and run in your silk pajamas. It's hard to get up and run in your silk silk long <laughs> silk bikini. <laughs> Because that's what's happened, isn't Listen, it? Listen, Lewis is professional broadcaster now, mate. You can't be getting so into trouble, mate. Yeah, yeah, probably, no, he no, can't no, wait no, for no, his no, fucking no, next interview no, to no. do a Gareth A. Davis. Why don't you do that, Lewis? Go, oh, show me your tattoos. Listen, let me just talk quickly about the fight. Though. You're right, though, there was levels in that fight. Yoshida, I thought, was just technically so much better. I think Bridges was just one-paced, coming in straight lines, head up in the air, and just done, done the same Awful. thing for ten rounds. And yeah, it was um, it, it was it was it was sad to see really because she was so com- comprehensively beaten. You just don't know where she comes, where she, how she comes back from that. But do you know what? I will quickly say as well. Respect to her, like when she lost her world title, the yeah, way she, she was cuddling that Yoshida, and that's why Akoli did 100%. the same thing to Billum Smith. I love that in a fight because all that trash talk or whatever it is you do like to get the attention on you, when you lose, gentlemanly, lady, whatever, conduct. And I thought she was brilliant in the ring after. So, yeah, went up in my estimations for that. Let's talk about, quickly, Andy Cruz. Go. Oh, yes. Fuck it. Oh, one mate. of you go. I don't know who go. I was going to get my Corey out while one of you two uh, talk about it. <laughs> what a fighter, though. I'm amazing. It's just... just... Unbelievable. Like, we knew how good he was in the Olympics and how good of an amateur he was. I didn't want to see it be this guy where it was just a what if. I know, you know, he's still got a pro career ahead of him, but I just think he is something special. Like, like he got two fights in, yeah, and I just want to see him throwing in the mix straight away. I just want to see him, like, straight straight away, throwing it, throw him into the mix. Get it, like, let's see, let's see it. Let's see how good he is because he's ready. He's ready. That Strathon performance, um, just unbelievable. Really, really like, boxed very, very well. Just like a freak to be able to position your feet, your everything just working in unison. It's just poetry from, from the brain signals down to your hands, to your feet. Just everything is just, honestly, it's just some of the smoothest shit I've seen in boxing in years. I ain't seen a fight like him. He's like a cross between a Sugar Ray Leonard and, you know, he's got the spite as well, showing in that fight, a little bit of spite, like a Marvin Hagler type spite as well. Just got a bit of everything. And um, you know what? Sometimes, you know, when people moan about fighters that can't punch, I think was it Chris Mannix or someone had a little moan up at his debut. That was his second fight saying, he, you know, he doesn't look like he's, you know, he's going to be able to sit down any shots. He's too much of an amateur, uh, sort of amateur pedigree there. So he's going to sort of tip tap yeah. his way to points victories. Obviously, we didn't see that in that fight. He just blitzed him in two rounds or whatever it was. Um, but sometimes... 
I want to see more rounds. I was a little bit gutted he batted him in two rounds. I wanted yeah. to see him for six rounds and seven rounds. And this is when this is what this is kind of like the example I'll use is Sonny Edwards. Like people say Sonny Edwards can't punch, but Sonny Edwards knows he can't punch. So what he does, he uses his superior skill set to almost humiliate his opponent, make him miss, put his hands low, and make him pay, and you know just you know. Pease the fans with a with a clinical boxing ma- masterclass. You don't have to do a Shakur, you know, punch and grab, punch and grab. You can be like Sonny Edwards. You can be like Andy Cruz, and you know, not necessarily have the the knockout power and still thoroughly entertain the fans. That's what I think. He deserves to be like a multi millionaire, like legend of the sport. He's with that uh, Kenny Ennis, uh, Boots Ennis's father. He's only been training for a short amount of time, but he's already said like I'm teaching him how to sit down on his shots and get people out of there. Well, you, you see that um, the other day. So uh, yeah, sky's the limit. And he him, gets mate. it, John. He, he gets it. Dancing to the ring, he looks a million dollars. You know, he gets the whole stuff outside of the ring as well. Tries to, you know, sell himself and and promote his own fights as well in the way that he fucking does his ring walks and all the other stuff. So, yeah, mate, fucking deal me in, man. I'm so excited to see him fight again, for sure. Mim, like Mim, one of my mates, we've always banged on about him after the Olympics. I can't wait for him to turn pro. And um, when when it was talk about turning pro, I was so excited. But I just didn't know who he was going to sign with. Signing with Matcham, like... Mate, it's very, Big very exciting. Freddie, that. Well, we see. It's interesting to see who he's going to fight then. So, old fucking mm-hmm. Tank flittering between, like, where's Tank going to go? Like, like, because like, a lot of people saying, you know, Tank, pay per view, he's the number one. You know, we love TJ. TJ says if there's a Ram Robin with all these guys, like, Tank would be the one to win it. So, down at Lightweight, you've got Andy Cruz. So, anyone fancy that? No fight? one's fighting Tank? him voluntarily. Uh, no one. Yeah, no one. No one is taking that. You would fight, have to pay Shaka no Stevenson. Way. No, no way. No one wants to fight him. He beats all of them. I'm serious as well. Not now. Nah. Well, uh, well, as a pro for free fights. 100% he beats all of them. He's the best out there. Why don't they mention the tanks and the shakers then? Why is it we're only hearing fucking Keyshawn Davis's name? Because they, because they box, because there's a narrative there. They box uh, each other as amateurs, like loads. Like Keyshawn, I think he boxed, Andy Cruz boxed Keyshawn four times and he didn't lose a single round to him. <laughs> fucking hell. Mm. Beat him in the he, he, that's what he beat him in the Olympic uh, Olympic gold medal there match. You go. Says it all then, doesn't it? Yeah. And just soundly beating. Says it all. That's enough said about times. Andy Cruz. Sign me, sign us up. So we got for me one of the, one of the most eagerly anticipated fights. I know it's in the lower weight classes. I know some of the sort of hardcore to sort of casual fans might not buy into it, but. Listen, if you're thinking about watching a fight next week, you've got to watch this fight. You've got to watch this fight. I know the flyweights are not the most desirable weight class, but you've really got to watch this fight because I think anything can happen. I think Sonny Edwards can... Talking about Sonny Edwards versus Bam Rodriguez for the unification. I think Sonny Edwards could box his head off. I think Bam could stop Sonny. Bam can win on points. But the only the only outcome I don't see is Sonny Edwards stopping Bam. But any other yeah, outcome I think, is possible. Look, Talking about what we were saying earlier about the Haney and the, the way he fights, then you look at Sonny Edwards. And when you watch Sonny Edwards, it's like he'll do all that dancing around the ring. I think what he's got, what, 20 wins, 20 wins and like four knockouts. But he says, I'm not going in there to knock someone out. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to make them miss, going to make them pay. But if you watch him fight, the way he moves around the ring, like he's understanding of that space, that distance in the middle is on another fucking level. On another level, you don't see Haney hanging around there or Shaco Stevenson the way Sonny Edwards does. So fucking comfortable there with his hands down. 
as I say, he switches, he moves this way, he moves that way. And, um, yeah, in that Mitalani fight, I was watching that the other day, he got caught a couple of times in that fight, clean shots from him, but just shook it off. So it's like he's willing to sort of stay there, tempt his fighter in, like to, to, to take a risk, to land these shots and that. And uh, it's interesting because he's been sat, he's been talking a lot of talk. He's been saying, uh, like, if you see me in sparring and that, he goes, I actually like to fight. He goes, I like to fight. I like to run. He goes, but when I'm in the ring, I'm like, I can just win this fight easy over 12 rounds. So that's what I'm going to do. And I suppose he's active on Twitter. He talks a lot. So he's bringing, I suppose, attention to the fights. So he's maybe thinking, I'm just going to keep getting the win. Like, no one can touch me. But I don't know, man. It's uh, that that bam. Like, you know this, right? There's a seven-inch reach advantage. So bam has got a reach of 67 inches. Sonny Edwards is 60. Now, that's a fucking lot. That's a lot. Yeah. So, um, and that bam, he's fucking mustard, mate. He don't waste nothing. It's just unbelievable skills. His footwork, the way he closes the distance, setting little traps upstairs, downstairs, and he's got fucking power in, in those, like beating that uh, Rung Versailles, um, that Kudros. And in his last fight, he broke his jaw against that Gonzalez in the sixth round. And then uh, he still carried on to the end of the round. Like So he's a tough fucker, even though he looks about 10, but your son kind of, he looks older than Bam, do you know what I mean? But um, he can fucking fight. And um, yeah, if he gets caught Sonny, he's going to be in a whole world of trouble. So for me, this fight is, you've got two elite fighters from the eye test. You just look at them, they're fucking next level. But I think this is going to just show you exactly where these fighters are and how good they are. This could be, this could be a fucking unbelievable fight. Do you know that? It really could. What are you saying, Lewis? I, I agree. I think it's one of the most anticipated fights I've looked forward to in 2023. Um, Sonny, and I, do you know what I think it is with Sonny is he he needed someone like Bam to really, really get him up and get him motivated. He always, you know, he's very active and very honest. Um, he said, you know, he, I, I struggled to get motivated for guys like Andreas Campos. That's not in a disrespectful, mm. but you know, Sonny was Sonny Sonny was happy to to sit on the ropes and and, and, and sort of sort of play with him a little bit someone like Bam he knows what he's in for a massive puncher riding on a lot of hype and, and, and Sonny is the same since he's joined the match room he's had the Campos fight and now he, he wants the biggest fight Sonny there's no there's no doubt Sonny is, is, a, is a different type of breed where he wants the biggest challenges he wants he wants the hard fights and, and he's in for such a great fight and, and we will we will see how good he is how good Sonny is and and I don't want to just be talking about Sonny because obviously we've got to talk about Bam as well. But but Sonny Sonny says like I don't know how good I can be. Like how how good like I have some ridiculous self belief, ridiculous sort of arrogance and confidence. I believe I'm the number one. I'm the best in the world. But I got to prove it. And and he believes he can beat Bam. And Bam believes that he can beat him. And both of these guys want to prove that they're the best. And they want to prove that they're the number one flower in the world. And I, I can't wait for it. I just think mm. sign me up, sign me up because it's, it's such a great fight. And he's you know, he's already talking about sort of a, a Strada. Uh, he wants a Strada in Sheffield after this. Chocolatito next, he's saying. Chocolatito, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Both of them, like it's mad. Honestly. Do you know what? As well, stylistically, for the reasons you both just said, this is going to be a barnstormer, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you that right now because Sonny does exactly what you said, uh, Johnny. Right. He, he wants to stay in that pocket. He doesn't want to dance around and jab and grab and yeah. win win a fight boring. He wants to stay in the pocket and humiliate you with his skills. 
not like ben, what Ben Whitaker does, right? Which we touched on earlier on. I know you can't say too much about it, Lewis, but I had some choice words about Ben Whitaker earlier. You can, you can <laughs> listen to it later on. But Sonny humiliates you with his skills, with his skill set, and he wants to do it. You've got to be careful in this fight because, as you say, Bam can, can knock you out cold. And uh, there's a misconception as well that these smaller men don't bang. Nah, mate. Go and look at their knockout ratios down there. They're all in the 60s yeah. and the 70% knockout ratios. Little fellas can bang as well. So I don't know what kind of tactics Sonny's going to deploy in this fight, but I don't think he's going to have to go looking for Bam. I think Bam, very good with his feet, close the distance, and this this will go off this fight. And I don't know, what, you know, again, can he hold a shot, Sonny? We see it in the Mitalani uh, fight. He did, did get caught a couple of times. This is going to be an incredible, incredible fight. And it's so hard to call a winner. I can't go away from my, my boy, Sonny Edwards, man. One of my favorite yeah. fighters, pound for yeah. pound. I've said that for years. And I honestly feel like this is his coming out party. And I feel like at times he might even make Bam look a bit silly in there. I feel like he's going to raise his game again to another level. And um, he's going to love it. He's going to love it. I think he beats him on points. I feel like I agree. If I was going to put my money on something, I'd put on the Sonny, Sonny Edwards uh, unanimous, unanimous decision. He, knows that he said to me, I, I remember doing an interview, and he was like, he called him Sonny, he called himself Sonny Edwards. Edwards. <laughs> well, because of the UDs, yeah, right. UD, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think that if he, if he, uh, if he beats Bam, then um, I think everything's going to come because then he's going to, I mean, it's not for the ring belt, is it? But it should be because I think they're the number one and number two. But um, yeah, if he beats him, then them, them fights will be there because he'll have to clap now. Like, I'm that guy. I've just done this to, to Bam. And uh, yeah, I think, I think he could get go to a point of victory. But I've got to be honest with you. There's a sneaky part of me. I'm going to make my prediction is this, is that I don't know. He's saying he don't know how good uh, he is. I don't know how good he is. From what I see from the eye test, fucking unbelievable. The way he moves around the ring, his speed of foot, just, just his ring IQ, the decision making, just knowing when to throw... Went to sort of just like a cheeky little hook and then spinning off and then took like he'd go one way, then he'll throw a right hand and then he'll dip under and go like it's, it's like the Matrix. He seems to know exactly where to be, but it's always dancing on the back foot. It's, it's the conditioning of his legs is fucking unbelievable. So that's his game plan, and that's almost like I'm gonna do that. So you're saying, don't know what he's, that's exactly what he's gonna do. He's gonna do that. So Bam's gonna have to play his game. It ain't gonna be like a Chocolatito and Estrada where they come up close and it's like a fucking chess match going back and forth it's like it's going to be exactly how Sonny wants it to be it's going to be so you've got to be careful Bam's John fight his fight remember that Wazim fight with that reach do you remember the Wazim fight Sonny yeah, versus Wazim yeah. he's, he's literally on the ropes slipping at last minute last second just slipping and sliding in the pocket yeah yeah if he does that against Bam he could walk onto him so I don't know again you don't know what the, mm. the tactics they're going to deploy in this fight but you just got to be got to be careful and this is the elite of the elite so uh, I don't know. We'll see. He said something, Sonny, as well, when he goes, Are you bothered about um, Bam being a Southpaw? And he goes, you know what? He goes, I'll switch to Southpaw because I like fighting Southpaws. He goes, I ain't got to do that this time. Or say, but it's like, he always seems to say something, some little mind games to try and get in the other yeah. person's head. But I enjoyed switching to Southpaw and fighting people Southpaw. He goes, so I don't have to worry about doing that now. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, look. Prediction? Yeah, yeah. My prediction is I'm really, really torn. I think Sonny wins on points because I just think he's mastered the art of fighting he, the way he wants to fight. However, going back to the whole Haney thing, it's just, you know, he's fighting a, a seven-inch reach disadvantage. Like, that's a hell of a lot. That's a hell of a lot. Tell him he's not going to clip him once. 
But I think I see enough in that Mutalani fight. We got caught a couple of times. He just shook it off as in like, and what, let's go. He's got that little spirit inside of him that I see. So I think if he does get tagged, I don't think he's going to crumble and Yeah, quit. but the reach only matters if that... they're fighting from range, right? Yeah, it's just that timing. Which they won't be doing much of, I don't think. Timing him to get in. He might flick something out, make him react, get in a bit closer, and then boom, go. It's just like even like a distraction tactic to just get in. It is, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think he'll win on points, but I reckon, I reckon he could get caught. He could get tagged in that fight at one point, and you might have to see a little bit of uh, uh, digging deep from him. But yeah, was that a clean sweep then? We all going, uh, all going sunny, sunny on yeah, points, yeah? Yeah, there we are. All right, so let's move on to Josh Kelly v. Ramirez. Interesting fight, Josh Kelly v. Ramirez. That Ramirez, he's got some knockouts on his record, you know, so he's going to be coming with some danger. We know what happened to Josh Kelly v. Uh, Avenician. Since then, he's been in the uh, rebuilding uh, phase of his career. Um, Josh Kelly, he works off confidence, doesn't he? He's that type of fighter. And, uh, I mean, that was a devastating loss to Avenician. But now, I suppose, he's going to be in there with Ramirez. He's expected to win, but... um, it looks like he's number one in the WBO. Tim Zhu's the world champion in the WBO. So is that a possible fight? If Kelly gets past Ramirez, is there any chance Tim Zhu's going to entertain Josh Kelly? Can he become his mandatory and force that fight? Josh Kelly is uh, ranked number four in the IBF. Murtazeliev is fighting Jack Colke for the vacant IBF belt. So can he potentially become a mandatory to one of those two? Did he, there's possibility. Could he win them? Who knows about fucking Mutazeliev, though? He took some step-aside money for the PBC. Then there's, in his last four fights, he's been buried on the fucking untelevised undercard. That's what they've been doing over there at the PBC. But anyway, what are you saying about Josh Kelly uh, this weekend? Do you think he wins the fight? And if he does win the fight, can he become a world champion? What are you saying, Lewis? I do, I do think he wins the fight. And, um, you know, all, all respect to Josh Kelly, but he's got himself in sort of very high up in the WBO and the IBF throughout really not fighting any particularly big names mm. in a sense. Obviously, Avanesian being the big one. And I'd say other than that, Troy Williamson would probably be his biggest name that he's beaten, albeit an, an excellent, excellent performance in that fight. Um, I do think he probably wins quite comfortably. Uh, obviously, a short-notice opponent as well. Um, and, I, and it does seem like, you know, with him being WBO and the IBF high up in there, don't take any risks. Don't take any risks before you fight for a world title. You know, you're going to get good money to fight someone like Tim Zhu. Uh, it can be a big fight. And I, I think that's a really interesting fight. For me, Tim Zhu is one of my favourite fighters uh, in boxing. I absolutely love him. Box office, great fighter. Honestly, unbelievable yeah, fighter. Here. But um, I, 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 would like to, I would like to see Josh in, in fights now that he is really, really challenging himself. Um, Williamson, a lot of people backpacked it back Williamson to beat him as well. Yeah. He was an underdog. Oh, yeah, that, I, think they, I yeah. think they did, Lewis. Yeah. I think someone yeah. over here might have done yeah. He was an underdog in that fight. And, and, he, and he made it, he, it was all, it sort of made it look like he didn't deserve to be in the ring with him. Um, so, you know, I think it's a, I think with Josh Kelly, is he can be accused of being a bit stagnant at times where he fights his opponents yeah. that nobody, anyone have really heard of. Um, yeah, but, you know, uh, I do think he does win on the zone. Yeah, on the zone. I do think he does win quite comfortably. Um, and I, I would like to see him now in after this you know, pushed in, in in a massive fight. Yeah, it's madness how he's ranked number one in the WBR. I don't know. I don't know how they work this shit out. I really don't. No, nothing against Josh Kelly. Oh, when he when he uh, when he turned over 
I was raving raving about him. I mean, you know, ever since he'd done the six left hooks, that fella in the head. I can't remember it, one of them journey when he's done the six left hooks. I'm like, yeah, this guy gets it. And then, yeah, and then he went out to America and had that fight with that Ray Robinson and lost and got away of a draw, I think it was. And then he got battered by Avanesian and everyone just went off to Josh Kelly train. He went off into the distance, become a boohoo model on Instagram. And then that was uh, and that was pretty much it. And now he's come back. He's won two fights or three fights. He's ranked W one in the WBO. That's madness. Look, WBO, I think he's lucky he's ranked there because the WBA, number one is Israel Madrimov. So let's just forget about him for a minute. And I think Jamel Charlo, Jamel Charlo still has the belts um, with the WBC and the WBA anyway. So, you know, it's not a bad position for Josh Kelly to be in, to be honest with you. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Does, he, does he beat Tim Zhu right now? You'd have to say no. Because Tim Zhu will bring the heat, similar type of heat that Avanesian brought, yeah. right? Um, and I don't think Josh Kelly, there's no sign that Josh Kelly's punch power has evolved or developed into anything more at 154 than it was at 147. So that's a bit worrying because I thought if he goes up with the skills, if he develops knockout power as well, you know, all the stuff we talked about earlier, Jordan Gill and, you know, if that happens, then we're on to a winner with Josh Kelly, but there's no sign there's any punch power there. So I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one. When do you roll the dice with him? Because if he loses another big fight, you might see the end of him. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, look, there was all the, the talk with the mental health and all that. So I think that was a, that was an issue as well. So you've got to maybe give him a pass for that. And you know, people say, oh, mental health and that is a bit of a buzzword, but I genuinely believe that he had some yeah. problems with mental health. So that may have played into training, preparing for the Avenesian and stuff like that. And look, Kyle, you was massively high on him when he turned over Kyle, and I and I, I thought it was amazing as well. But this is the thing with boxing: it's like you never know until they have the acid test. It's like going back to the Ben Whitaker, unbelievable talent. You can just see the skills, the pop in the shot, the, the angles, the footwork. You can see, it. but when they have the acid test, it's that je ne sais quoi. Have they got that? And when he, he had these acid tests, Josh Kelly, he, he was found wanting. And then after, I mean, let's be real, the, the Troy uh, Williamson fight, he was unbeaten, Troy Williamson. He looked like a fucking player as well after what he did to um, Ted Cheeseman. Everyone was fucking high on him at the time. Went in there, scored him, absolutely scored him, didn't he? If I remember rightly, I'm pretty sure he did. So uh, this Ramirez now, I think he's got like 18 knockouts on his records. It's interesting. He's obviously got a bit, bit of pop. But um, if he beats him, and we're talking about fighting your Tim Zoos, becoming mandatory and fighting Tim Zoo. Tim Zhu, like that geezer's got some fucking power, mate. He's got he's got the je ne sais quoi. Do you know what I mean? He's got that oomph, mm-hmm. that fight, Dan. And what's I mean, that would be an interesting fight. What's with fight. the fucking je ne sais quoi? I've never sudden. fucking said that. <laughs> I've never said that before in my life, man. I've said it fucking three times. What does je ne sais quoi even mean? I ain't got a clue, mate. I don't know. Fucking come to bed with me in French. I don't know. Go on. What's je ne sais quoi? Only thing I... I sort of struggle with a little bit when it comes to potentially someone like Josh Kelly is you mentioned there about the acid test and it's like going from boxing Troy Williamson or, and, and those sort of level of calibre of opponents to then, you know, you've got sort of down there and then Tim Zhu is, you know, a different level, kind of, not, different stratosphere in a sense. <laughs> like that, Jump having that that big of a jump, I don't ever think it ever bodes well. Like that's well, matchmaking. The match the matchmaking needs to be a progressive yeah, one, and then you know you have like that guy who's fringe world level, or you know, for example, like before you fight someone like Tim Zhu, fight someone like Tony Harrison, mm. or you know someone someone of that caliber type of fighter. 
where that's a little acid test before, you know, you blast him out and fuck it, bring on the world. Ericsson Lubin, there's a few in there. Lubin, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lubin's a great shout. There's a few in there, mate. And Tim Zhu's ready, isn't it? He? he had the fight signed, didn't he, with Jamel Charlo? And um, yeah, yeah. and then Charlo got the uh, payday, payday, the Canelo fucking Batman sign went out. So uh, he went there. But yeah, I mean, Tim Zhu, fucking like, he, he's had all these middle fights, isn't he? He's a fucking racing car raring to go. Match made brilliantly. Mm. He, he, this, uh, like, mm. like, if it wasn't, I'd, I'd probably say my shout, if it's not Devin Haney, Tim Zhu can definitely be my fighter of the year. Um, mm. The guys he's beaten, uh, Mendoza. Uh, Mendoza, Acampo, and Tony Harrison—they're yeah. three very, very credible. But wins. What about what happened to the old Conor Ben? Remember Conor Ben and Josh Kelly? That used to be a thing, didn't it? That was a welterweight, Before though, isn't it? That was a welterweight. But mind you, Conor yeah. Ben's going up to one sixty. If if Josh exactly. Kelly manages to grab a belt somewhere along the line, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, who's the European champion? Who's the British champion at 154? Why is there a big rush it's, to move him along? 154 is uh, is Samuel Antwi, but there's they they, they they train at the same gym. Samuel oh, Antwi right. and Jesh Kelly both right. at, the, at the booth right, gym. Yeah. Um, and European, I think it was John Miguez, and He's I think it was fighter. a draw. I think it was a draw. That'd some. be a good fight. Yeah, I think it, it was a draw. Yeah. I yeah, tell I you agree. what, though. I tell you what, with Tim Zhu, right? I'm telling you now, he's got power, right? But he gets caught. He got dropped by that Tyrell Gachet, didn't he? And he he gets fucking square on and he likes to fight like his dad. But he he does come forward square on a lot of the time as in like, let's go to war. And I'm just saying, I'm just going to throw it out there. Josh Kelly has fucking skills to pay the bills, mate. He yeah. really does. He can switch it. He's got fucking unbelievable movement. He's got fast hands. Is that There's a possibility. I'm gonna say, I was about to say, is there? I'm saying there's yeah, a possibility. For sure, for sure against Tim Zhu, him and Adam Booth could come up with some game plan and they just fucking stick to it and they win that fight on points. There really is. Because Tim Zhu, as his pucker as he is, and I rate him, him fighting a slick boxer that's going to move with a good game plan could cause him problems because he does get hit. He does get square on. Yeah. Yeah, mate. Anyway, so what's your prediction anyway? So Josh Kelly v. Ramirez. Josh Josh Kelly would probably box to a unanimous decision. I think I could probably stick my house on that. I, I, I want Josh Kelly to go out and make a statement, man. Just try and get him out of there uh, and stop this guy. I, I just look at this guy last. This guy's last fight, Placido Ramirez. He fought someone in uh, Tirana in Albania, right? Apparently, the fans entered the ring and hit Ramirez. That's what it says on the box wreck. What yeah, is it? He's in a fight and the fans, yeah, I've got to Google that after or go on YouTube and check that out. <laughs> fans entered the ring and Don't attacked him. And it was a no contest. Eight rounder. But yeah, uh, Josh Kelly by stoppage, I hope. Talk, talking about the Albanians, right? To get, you know when uh, Josh um, Josh Taylor and Flo, Florian Marku was offering out Josh Taylor, wasn't he? Remember they was trying to get the fight, like Boxer, Sky Sports, they was getting Florian Marku to call out Josh Taylor for a fight. Fucking take my money. Can you imagine the press conference with Florian oh, Marku mate. and Josh Taylor? Fucking hell, mate. Oh, you need to go have a question yeah, on it. Nut, nutty yeah, Al- yeah, <laughs> yeah. load of nutty <laughs> Albanians and a nut, nutty yeah, Scottish. Yeah, yeah. That's imagine not, yeah. them for yeah. having a face-off. But just like them two on the top table going at it with each other and that. I thought that would have been a good fight. If they could pay, put enough yeah, money agree, up yeah. for Josh Taylor, he don't want to take the uh, uh, Catterall fight. If you think you beat Florian Marco, that's a fucking great tick over fight before you fight one of these other fighters. Um, yeah, take my money for that one. So what was he saying? What's your prediction, John? Uh, Josh Kelly. To be honest, I don't know much about Ramirez. I ain't going to lie. But yeah, I'll go for Josh Kelly on points. 
And that is us. Thank you guys for watching. Um, Lewis, thank you so much for coming on, appreciate mate. It. Thank you for having you. me on. Really, really appreciate it. Great to see you doing so well, mate. Every time we put on uh, yeah, a boxing social uh, video, I hear your voice. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Uh, appreciate absolute it. Absolute mad, mate. Yeah. yeah. I hope, mate, hopefully you get to go out to go to Vegas to one of these fights as well. Hopefully. That's the dream, isn't it? Yeah, Vegas. Yeah. That's the next one. Yeah, definitely the next one. I've done Saudi, so Vegas or or America in general. I think I'd love to go to America. Or oh, about what Parsons did. Yeah, did Parsons go to Cancun recently or something, didn't he? Yeah, Cancun. He done Cancun, then he done Monte Carlo, like back to back. I was like, <laughs> lucky man, lucky man, <laughs> oh. crazy. You got to start talking about your clubber or something with yeah, Eddie. Young. Yeah, I got no, I got not. My clubber ain't nice enough to talk about. Man. No, you got you got to come up with a pet name for Eddie, innit? Like, he's his yeah, he's yeah, General, it. General. Yeah, you that's it. Come up with that's some it. shit like that, and then uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah. <laughs> so in in uh in the spirit of Uncle Proper, he's been sorely missed from the show. We're going to shine out in the voice of Uncle Proper. It's a terrible, terrible voice. Doesn't sound nothing like him. But I'm trying, you ruddy <laughs> legends. We love you all. Street, sweet, street, sweet, sweet child of mine. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Aricha Devi. Bosh. <laughs>